0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's
1: time to awaken. Today on
0: sense of soul, we are super excited to have on Roseanne Riley. She is the founder and the owner of Hands of Time Healing, and she helps people to heal from childhood trauma and helps them work through emotional flashbacks. Today, we're going to talk to Roseanne about many topics, but one that definitely was close to Shannon and I's heart was the power of pause. can't wait to pick your brain and learn from you as a student to the wisdom that you've gathered over the years through your own Traumatic experiences and healing. Welcome today onto Sense of Soul.
2: Thank you both so much, and I am so so happy to be here. The power of pause really is something that I hope that whoever is listening to us today, if they take nothing else away, that they do understand that they do have the power at any moment in time to take a pause. And it is the difference between maybe having to redo something over and over again. It'll save you so much time and energy and maybe even apologies and God knows what not else in the long run. And it is your power. It really, really is. And a lot of times when people talk about breaking the cycle, especially when, and if we include childhood trauma with that and any kind of trauma with that, and even where we speak about chronic stress, is really the cycle that we're trying to talk about is is the cycle of the nervous system and what our system can just get into. It can get into such a rut, such a way of being, such a way of behaving and reacting. And when we can, a huge root and a huge hope for people who do suffer, especially in line with your childhood trauma through flashbacks, and uh, emotional flashbacks, it's to know that you can take some time out, that you can retrain your nervous system, because that's primarily what keeps happening. I was
1: reading one of your blog posts, yeah, and you were talking a lot about this, and just go ahead and and quote and read. It says, the felt sense of safety and a healthy vagus nerve is the breaking mechanism of our nervous system
2: when the survival stress response is activated. Can you talk about the vagus nerve? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I'll give you a little background in it. So however many years ago, over 20 something years ago, when I fully qualified, one of the first things I remember learning was about the nervous system. And there wasn't too much attention given to the vagus nerve. And I really didn't learn too much about that until I actually did my, my yoga training. And that's when my real kind of relearning of the whole nervous system came into play. And the power of this vagus nerve, I was like, oh, what is this? I mean, how come I don't know more about this? And it has such a huge role to play because this vagus nerve, right, it is called the wandering nerve. So it is connected with almost every organ in our body. And what scientists over the years have learned and understood is that it feeds back to the brain more than the brain feeds to it. So when, wow. um, yeah, and it's it's a real kind of really old part of our nervous system. And there's many parts to it. So there's like the ventral vagus nerve, which is more to do with, say, our our frontal version of ourselves, where we interact with the world. And how just by being, how, and maybe you've experienced this, how just being in the same room as somebody can sometimes feel very connected and very healing. And maybe you resonate with them and you feel immediately calm. So this is all messages coming in through your body, through your whole sensory system, all the way up to those parts of your brain that are trying to tell you, okay, am I safe or am I not safe? So there's so much involved in it, right? So it's giving you this feedback. So we'll tie this in with say trauma and stress in the sense that if you do have no clear memory of an incident that occurred as a child, say, and you step into a room and you'll be orientated to certain things, right? We'll all kind of, we can all go to the same party and have a completely different experience. And some of that is based on the memory of our nervous system. And it becomes kind of hardwired into the system to look for certain things as a way of trying to prevent those things from happening again. And when we talk about the vagus nerve, it's in relation to that, to the whole sense of like, Am I picking up a vibration and um, a sense of energy? Uh, is is there something I'm not even conscious of that my body has picked up that it's picked mm-hmm. up as dangerous in the past and I'm not even aware of it? So you could be going into wow. an environment and having. A whole load of physical stuff going on that's giving you Mm -hmm. feedback to the brain and what you're in your body and mind in that moment is trying to say is this and i just came here for the party you know you're talking about vegas i just came here for the party why am i suddenly shaky why am i suddenly feeling anxious why has this suddenly changed for me like i came in in a good humor and now i just want to run and hide so there's a lot of there's so much being fed into our nervous system. And when we kinda let the system run amok, if you like, it's, it'll take you with it. So the thing is to be able to be so connected. You've mentioned the felt sense of safety, right? So no matter what kind of therapy or healing you go for, The first steps along the way are, number one, to be able to resource yourself and to be able to connect with a felt sense of safety within your own body, within your own body, because no matter where you go, your body is going with you. You can't leave it behind. You can't leave the nervous system behind. It's always there so that's the ventral side of it and then we have the dorsal side of our 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 nervous system and that's more related to the back line of the body and it's more related to more sometimes it's referred to as the dumb nerve it's very dumbed down so it's like we can enter into these really immobilized states lethargic states lack of energy states where we're just not interested really in life or we're very disengaged, and maybe even to a point of being disassociated from ourselves or body in the environment around us. So when we bring in working with the vagus nerve, that is part of the breaking of the cycle. It is part of the felt sense of safety because you are working through the body to access those parts of your brain that are used to um, Uh, raising their hand there's an alarm there's an alarm there's an alarm where everything else outside you're like going there's no alarm why why is there such a conflict between what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling so it's about bringing in that sense of congruence that communication that is not just through your thoughts you know we can think our way into things people think we can think their way out of things as well and to a point you can and it can be A step that maybe gets you there, but at some level, if you really want to learn how to have control of those breaks again, we've got to start working at a nervous system level. And the nervous system that really connects with that parasympathetic part of our autonomic nervous system, which is the relaxation response, the rest and digest response, then we've got to start working with the vagus nerve. And I tell you, it is amazing once you start it and you feel it, because you want More of it because it feels so good. Shannon. Wow.
1: I I am blown away, and I am a physical example and proof of that because I have been experiencing upper digestive issues. And I started to, you know, hear everywhere vagus nerve, vagus nerve. But (sighs) it wasn't anything you know specifically about the stomach but mm. i just kept hearing it every yeah. i just it was landing in my lap <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I'll start doing this. Then when I start, you know, kind of researching what was going on with my upper stomach, Mm -hmm. I start seeing that, oh, the vagus nerve has a lot to do with this. Yeah. Well, it didn't matter what kind of medicine I was taking that Mm -hmm. wasn't working. The breathing worked. It really, truly worked. Yeah. And so I want to ask you, I also had some issues with my upper throat right here, um, Mm -hmm. near my glands, but -hmm. it's not my glands. It's actually up and behind my gland and I, um, had vertigo. Well, I will tell you when you were talking about this dorsal part of the vagus nerve during COVID, you described just now how I felt. I don't know if there's a connection with maybe damage or inflammation of the vagus nerve. Um, being seen with people who have COVID, because I haven't felt the same since. And you described how I felt.
2: Okay. The, uh, the, it's, you know, what I would say in relation to that is during COVID, right? A lot of fear came in. So mm-hmm. when we talk about fear, again, we're, we're coming back to our survival response. Okay. So when, we became activated, say, we weren't sure what was going on. A lot of stress started happening. Were we going back to work? Weren't we? What changes do we have to make? How adaptable were we going to be? What were the pressures of the unknown? And what challenges were we all facing? So this is the time when you'll see a greater activation of certain markers, i.e. inflammation. And um, to bring it in. With COVID I and mean, with everything that happened, and it didn't matter how old anybody was, how young yeah. anybody was, everybody had their way of engaging it and reacting to it. Right. And we are born and we are made to cope with stress, okay? The body wants us to survive and that is the job of our nervous system, okay? And when stresses keep happening, the chronic stress, it means that the loop maybe becomes faster, right? So there's a lot more happening, a lot faster, and we're not getting a chance to really take the hamster off the wheel. We're not getting a chance to enter into those relaxation responses where we get to rest and digest. So when we talk about rest and digest, it's not just food, it's digesting whatever else is going on in our lives, mentally and emotionally. So when fear arises, we're talking about the response again coming from the brain, the amygdala part of the brain, the alarm bell. And if that alarm bell rings and we're not really sure how to switch it off or even what are the signs when it's taken over the whole system, i.e. we can't sleep, we're not digesting our food, maybe pain is, is increasing, different, different symptoms start arising. Maybe we're not coping with the usual levels of stress that we're used to coping with. Maybe we're more reactive. And we're maybe kind of looking at ourselves going, who am I? Like, who, sorry, where Where did she go? <laughs> like, who hijacked me? Who took me over? You know, and a lot of times it's, again, the nervous system that has taken us over. The thing about the vagus nerve is to remember that there is, it runs down both sides of our throat as well. You just don't know how stress is going to show up in your body, especially yeah. long-term stress over time. Yeah, this
1: is a new one for me. I've never yeah. experienced Don't you think that
2: collective fear plays a part in, in all of it? Whether we're talking about happiness or whether we're talking about survival or whether we're talking about fear or joy, when we share something, right, it has a bigger impact. So when you want to step into the room and you're around happy people, you're feeling happier, Right. Next thing you know, this happens, you're seeing nothing but fear on people's faces, you're listening to their stories, maybe you're doing their podcasts, you're listening to their pain, their suffering, and being able to have those healthy boundaries between all of that so that you don't take on too much of that pressure, You want to help but again it's coming back to like going hang on am I getting swept away by all of this, how much of this is mine, how much of this is theirs and what do I truly know right now and that is where the power of pause has really kind of come in with people especially during this time because people were getting swept away, the news was constantly running, the reports were constantly running, the numbers were constantly running, every country had its story. So you weren't just talking about the impact of you, just whatever your thoughts, your physical body. And if you have children, you have them as well. So it is again, that whole feedback system of your whole environment and the whole story and the whole picture, but what is underneath that picture? That is what my job was to try and help people keep coming back. What is underneath this picture? What is stable beneath this? OK, and what is stable beneath this is that when you take a pause and you take a deep and meaningful pause and you look around and you take in the room you're in and you ask yourself, what is basically OK right now? What can I trust right now? What is the truth right now? Because that's what you have to keep coming back to, because otherwise you'll get swept away. And although maybe there was things that needed to be planned and adapted to and all the rest, it was like, keep coming back within the field of work that I do, that's called, there's an element of titration, pendiculation and resourcing. And that's what you were going back to, your resources. And for a lot of people, maybe they hadn't experienced levels of stress like this. Maybe they already had stress and they're already full to capacity. And this happens on top of it, right? So we get pushed out of what's called the window of tolerance.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Man, the window going, of
0: tolerance have you I heard like, about
2: that no That's, but i like that We would love it and you, you, and both you know would what love it. shanna
0: yeah. also got covid and was very sick with it so not only was she experiencing the fear of just what was happening throughout our country our you know our world she was physically ill
1: the biggest symptoms that i had was what you described in the dorsal that um, immobilized and like. detachment It was more that than anything in the chest or a lot of the symptoms. In fact, that bothered me more than anything else.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. It's frustrating to me that some of the things that Shannon and I have been awakened to that seem to be like really important to teach people are not talked about. And one of those is the nervous system. I mean, when I was in rehab for alcohol, Mm -hmm. we were taught just what a poison alcohol is to your nervous system Mm -hmm. and how it's the first thing it attacks. But in my mind, I didn't understand the importance of that until I started looking at just how much of what we do and the amygdala and the the bigger picture of what the nervous system involves. It's sad. So I love that you are putting this information out there because I don't think people not only don't know themselves on a soul level, but they don't even know their own bodies.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nor do they, and I'm not saying that this for everybody, but when you even first learn the first couple of techniques to self-regulate, that's the realization when you step in and go, "Whoa, hang on a second here, I can actually find my feet and 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 almost like stay on track." It's like, yes, I'll swerve off the road. But i'm just not going to go as far off the road or as deep into the woods or whatever you know you'll go but you'll see the early signs and then you'll know what to do to help bring yourself back and these are the simplest techniques and all they require are your time and attention and when you experience it you want more of it that's the thing because you can feel it It's like, it's one thing knowing something in your mind. And that's what I always say to people. We can understand things. We can understand them till the cows come home. Excuse me, I have a term. I grew up on a farm and you know, you were always waiting for them to come home. And it's like, when you can actually feel as you have spoken about, Shannon, in your in your in your digestive system, there's so many millions and gazillions of those little receptors feeding back from the vagus nerve from your intestines alone. Even if you want, we can do a little experiment at the end, or if you leave me with five minutes, I'll teach you a technique that can just help your tummy. And when you think about your tummy and breathing, what's sitting right above your abdomen? You know, you've got your breathing diaphragm. So if we're holding tension right here, like we all have places where we hold tension. And even when we, you know, you were speaking about alcohol, different people will go to different things. Some people become shopaholics. You know, some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to work. People have the things that they turn to. But there are some that are more acceptable, if you like, you know, or less destructive maybe in some ways, but there's still, the root is still the same. You are trying to numb something out, you are trying to feel better for some reason, or you're trying to stop feeling a certain way. And a lot of that is down to the root of the nervous system because we don't like these feelings. And when we talk about fear, a lot of times it's the fear of the feelings of fear that we have. We just don't like feeling them. But when we can look at them and go, It's just like any other emotion, it's just like joy.
0: Do feelings affect the nervous system more than like outside things like food, alcohol, or is it all of it?
2: I think there's a whole, it's like, it really depends on on you and what you're drawn to in a way or what you were exposed to as, even as kids, as resources like, Um, like were you soothed by being handed food, you know? When you first learn to regulate yourself as actually as a baby, through mirroring from your parents, from your mother, from that love and that kindness. And if you never got that even as a baby, you're going to be automatically almost like predisposed to being more dysregulated because you never learned how to. You never got that mirroring from the first place, but you can learn it. That's the key to take home is that you can teach yourself. So many people talk about how,
1: you know, the fight or flight is way out of control when it comes to, you know, we're not facing wild animals in the streets. So do you have anything to say about that, about how our genetics have affected um, our nervous system or just how history or our ancestors have?
2: Yeah, there's many different philosophies on it and there's many different pieces of research being done on that. And there are people who do believe that what maybe your grandparents had gone through had some kind of effect on your DNA and I guess to give you the other side of it and they've done research on if you clock up your hours in meditation and if you get into the over the 10,000 hours of meditation that it can actually have an effect on and with regards to immunity and maybe things in relation to that too so is there stuff that can be carried through there is a lot of people who do say yes depend it really depends on the people you're talking to and what fields they come from you know there's patterns that have been continuously repeated over time through ancestors through different things and then it's like it's like a pretty good question to ask i originally come from ireland okay and every second person i meet tells me their ancestors came from ireland you know and they have this feeling that they just want to go there. They just have this feeling. They just want to go there. And then they tell me and they go and they go and they have these big emotional kind of releases. You know, they go to this ancient land where, and it is ancient over there in comparison. Some, you know, cities and buildings and even the stones and the dolmens and everything. And it's like people kind of have this feeling. And it's also interesting, I think, when people who are from a certain ethnicity. And even if they practice the music or the dance, they get this amazing like feeling. It's like they explode or they just feel connected or they feel like they've come back to themselves. So I think on many different levels, I really feel like leave it up to the individual to decide. And like, of course, the more research there is and the more facts there can be, But it's like, why not? Why leave it out? You know, you can even talk about mindfulness, right? There's one side that will say it's just attention and open awareness. And on the other side, they will include or not intention, meaning the love and kindness practices and the compassion practice. There's a half of them that say it does and there's a half that say they don't, that it doesn't. And I'm like going, it kind of feels good. So why leave it out? You know, so again... It's for people to come back to really making choices for themselves. Sometimes we want to be told, but sometimes it's good to make decisions for ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we can have beliefs that are out of date and very limiting beliefs, but then we might have a whole other set of beliefs that we're not sure if there's a hard and fast answer for it. We're not sure if we can prove it, but it's something that works for you.
0: If it feels good, then don't, you know, disregard it. Can you tell us and our listeners how this journey started for you? Did you, was this something that just you found through nursing and education or was did you experience trauma that then made you have
2: to pay attention to your nervous system or both? Both. So since I was a really little girl, I would just pick up on things and I noticed how people around me could have a big impact on me and, and how I felt. So I guess you would call it sensitive in that kind of a way. And as I grew older, I always had this kind of leaning towards wanting to care for people. So it started out as a 16-year-old in a private nursing home looking after the elderly. Loved it. And then that went on to nursing. There was a common thread in everything that I did. And the common thread then from nursing into the craniosacral therapy through the yoga and what I do now was that I always realized the safer I could help people feel, the better they felt already, you know? And it was a case of, even as a nurse, sometimes you didn't have answers and there was no cure, but if you could just sit and listen and let a person be seen and heard, it like shifted, something shifted. So I wasn't sure what that was or what you would have called it until, say, the last eight years, when I began to understand it as this felt sense of safety. Being able to hold space for somebody you know, where they can feel safe enough to shed a couple of layers or to feel safer. But how about helping them feel that for themselves? And that's really where the magic is in it. Because why not be self-reliant? Why not self-regulate? Why not be able to do it for yourself without having to hold what you need to hold until you get your hour with whoever once a week or once a fortnight, depending on what you can afford So why not? So that's when it really came home. And in my, I'm like, I'm trying to think, where am I now, my own age? I'm in my mid forties. So I'm trying to think back. But see, in my late thirties, I had a lot of stuff happen in a very short space of time. And it wasn't until everything ended and then my life was finally petering out again, that my nervous system was like fighting with me. It's like, all of a sudden, everything is calm. And it's like, my body's like, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Look here. Look there. Look there. Something's coming around the corner. The tiger's hiding in the trees. And my my nervous system took off at the very time when everything was was okay. And I was like, what is happening? And it was just because I got into such a cycle of having to work on overdrive that I taught my nervous system how to work in overdrive so that when I didn't need to be in overdrive anymore, it didn't know what to do so it tried to point out everything that could possibly go wrong, that there was really no validity. Yet. There was really no validity. in, and, and I was like taking myself down from the inside out. And it was really, and I really had to come back home again to myself and go, I can do all this for other people. What is happening to me? And that's when I really dug deep and had to really get in there. And I go, I want to know what's going on. And that's when the whole part of the whole neuroplasticity comes in and digging deeper into the yoga and the vagus nerve and working, how can I access this nerve? How can I access it? Like I can't just go in and can I take it out? (laughs) Can I get rid of it? No, but what I learned then was that I can rewire it because all my nervous system knew for, for years and I didn't even realize it, that I was doing it for years, was I really was teaching it how to be stressed. That's all it knew was like stress, 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 busy, 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 go, 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 fix, 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 do, do, do. And then on top of it, there was other things. I moved country. I moved house five times in one year. My mother got cancer. You name it, whatever happened. And thankfully, she survived. So there was just too much, too fast, too soon. Now, I coped with it well at the time, but it left the mark. And that's what happens. It leaves an imprint. So I had to go back in and like little by little, unimprinted so take it and lay a new footprint lay a new footprint that was like keep coming back keep coming back what is true in the moment right now keep coming back and little by little you learn to find that space again that space of pause and it's really training for life because the body is built to have a negative bias the brain is built as i said For survival so what the brain is great at pointing out is everything that could possibly go wrong everything that went wrong and everything that looks like it's possibly heading in that direction again so even just knowing that it's being able to stand back and go when it happens and you feel like you're just orientating towards a lot of the negative the fear is to go hey hang on a second no i know this This is the nervous system. This is the nervous bias. I know this now. And then I have to whip it back and go, Okay, what is okay? What is the reality? Let's take a moment of pause. Let's reset. And all those little techniques to be able to help us to do that. And like I went from having six panic attacks a day in my early 40s. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, My heart was bouncing out of my chest. But I was standing there going, there's no need for this why is my heart suddenly off to the races
0: have things Mm. that i was left with that i believe were caused by my nervous system being damaged when i was in icu on life support for two weeks and one of those things is i'm very jumpy like the slightest noise will make me jump and my hearing is like superhuman i can hear things from all across an entire restaurant it makes me feel a little uneasy at all times. What are some suggestions you have for me? Mm
2: -hmm. With regards to your hearing and having come from the nursing background and just to maybe give you a little insight into that is that they say that your last sense to go before you die is your hearing. So if you are in ICU, everything else is kind of switched off, you know? This is the part that's still, the brain is still using what it can to keep you alive, you know? so it's again being able to come back to okay why this is the case and it's okay to just like even calmly just place your hands over your ears and it's almost like just like go you can do it like even if it's just over your ears like that if you don't want to seem like you're depending on where you are and it's like to say it's okay i've got you it's okay this is a lot And then you try and come back to that one thing that you can focus on that does feel calming to you, that does feel so that that noise can become distant. So you're not fighting, your nervous system is not fighting to take it all in because it's got to be the most alert part of you, right? So you can kind of bring your focus in just on that one thing, even if it's just feeling your breath. Right at the tip of your nose, that inhale and that exhale at the tip of your nose. And with that, it helps to distance that noise. Instead of the system getting completely overwhelmed by all of those sounds that you can hear so clearly, it's just too noisy. And you want to scream and run away or just stick your head in a hole and and not hear it anymore. So it's like choose to go to a different sense, come into feeling. And maybe just even feeling your breath at the tip of your nose. And it's like you're reassuring your system. I hear you. You know, there is a lot going on. But I've got this. This is what I need to focus on right now.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's that so wrong. helpful. Thank you. Because I've, I just realized that I usually try to get the people I'm with to comfort me. And why wouldn't I comfort myself and that's part of building that relationship with myself
2: yeah so yeah giving you back that internal locus of control and it's still okay for you to be able to say to people i i just need a moment just to reset my system here the sound is overwhelming or the noise is too overwhelming and to be able to have that boundary for yourself it's empowering for you Okay, because sometimes you're not always going to get exactly what you need from the people around you. And sometimes their their means might be well-intentioned, but they may be very sloppy and maybe you're not getting it as quickly as you'd like to. So, again, it's bringing that internal locus of control back into you. It's sensory as well as, as everything else. So to just come back to focusing on that one other different sense, that felt sense of your breath and train it. Find that one thing that works for you. And don't leave it until you need it to use it. Train it when you don't need it, because it's like it's like anything. Okay, we train a marathon and then, you know, maybe we run out of gas and we got to we got to get to where we need to go. I hope that is helpful to you. Definitely helpful. And
0: I find it very fascinating that I didn't remember feeling anything while I was in my coma. But I did remember hearing people talking in the room.
2: Your, Your system was fighting for some kind of information. You know, it's like your body doesn't know really what's happened. And that's why even with yourselves, if you come across, even in your own families in years to come, just remember how you speak to somebody, even if they're unconscious, is hugely impactful in relation to recovery from a traumatic event, say if it's an incident or an accident. And to never speak over people like they're not there. It's to always say the name of the person. And you can just be so amazed at that gentle therapeutic touch. But before you touch, you say, I'm going to touch your hand now, because it doesn't seem like such a shock when you're in a, in a bed and you're at the mercy of everything. And there's beeping going on, there's shuffling and your brain is still trying to make sense of it all, even though you might not have clear memories of it. So all of these simple things are just, again, so helpful to the nervous system. And for helping you feel safe in your body. Because what ends up happening is that if you don't feel safe, you kind of, it's almost like you go one way and your body goes the other. You're trying to work it out. Is it safe? Isn't it safe? And when we don't know what to look out for, how can we know how to bring ourselves back? Even for you, Sean, and talking about the last year, and maybe you're still like, you got COVID, so you had a lot to experience So it's for you even to keep coming home to yourself and reassuring yourself, okay, how am I feeling? Feeling your feet on the ground, grounding yourself in the moment of going, okay, I got through it. What does feel good in my body right now? Because we can focus a lot on the pain. And when we focus a lot on the pain, the pain gets bigger. But we can have pain and still feel good somewhere else. And so sometimes when I'm working with people who do suffer from chronic pain, we use that technique. We kind of go, is there a place in your body where you can feel mostly peaceful, even though you're in pain or even though you're in fear? So it's just always kind of like that dual awareness. It is a resource. Use your body as a resource. When I say use, I don't mean abuse. I mean, but to use it because your body's always trying to help you and your body is is huge. It's so whole. There's so many parts to us when we can sometimes think of our body is, it was John Pendergast who, who said it, and, and I could just so relate to it, was that seeing yourself as your body being inside you. Right? So it's like, okay, what else? What else is here? What else is here? There's a cool breeze. There's a calmness in the air. You know, whatever it is. I've only given you one side of the nervous system. There's a whole ocean of other information in relation to your microbiome. If you grew up in the countryside exposed to the dirt and the bugs, you've got a healthier gut to begin with. You've got healthy bacteria in your body. And they have researches showing that a lack of that bacteria increases levels of anxiety. Oh my gosh, yes. Increases inflammation. The nervous system and the immune system share similar markers and receptors in the body.
0: There's someone that recently sent me, they thought we should try to have on, who basically created dirt water and he, that's literally what he sells and he yeah. swears that it helps to um, rebuild your immune system and that's all it is is dirt yeah. water <laughs> yeah
2: it's like the it was in relation to like say people i think it was from tibet from the mountainous areas and they brought them in for for meditation and they saw that they had this unbelievable resilience but they related it not only to to their practice of meditation but also to their resilience just from, from within their gut, their microbiome. What I have learned throughout life is there's never just one thing. And there's never just one thing that's going to heal you. It's always a collection of things relating to you as a whole person. And it's to just not give up. Just You never know. And, and it's to trust your gut in a way. And like sometimes when we suffer from trauma... We lose that connection with ourselves. We lose that trust with ourselves. And it's a way of bringing back that trust is again, coming into the present moment, take that power to pause, to put your feet on the ground and go, okay, what is the truth right now? Right now, the roof is over my head. There's food in the refrigerator. I'm doing pretty okay, I can breathe. So the simple things, the simple things. We'll try and fix and and get out of fix mode. I have a daughter as well. She's almost 13. And last year, that's what I learned. I learned that she's not looking for me to fix this. She just wants me to listen. She just wants to be seen and heard. It's the same as anybody else. But also your nervous system is looking to be seen and heard too.
0: Well, that's interesting because my six-year-old just asked me two days ago to help her be more seen and heard. (sighs) Wow.
2: Wow, that's powerful. And imagine six years of age to be able to ask that for herself. That I mean, that shines to you as her mother, too, because she felt safe enough to be able to say that. So what a beautiful thing. So
0: beautiful. And then taking it up a notch and teaching her how to feel seen and heard by herself and then the things she can implement.
2: Her own resources. Exactly. Same way that... You know, you have your resources that so has gotten you to where you are today and everything you have overcome and gotten through and more power to you. It's a real sign that like, whoa, yeah, you're, you've grown. It's like you are you have come home to yourself in a way because nobody can really rock you now. You know, there's always people who want to pick holes and point and go, it's like, I've left that past. Yeah, so it's, it's a cool, really cool thing for you. Yeah, I wish your daughter well. Well, and I
1: love how our kids are teaching these things, right? I mean, yeah. like that was the big lesson. I mean, I went to therapy and heard that same thing from a therapist, you know, that her little girl was able to teach in that moment. Yeah.
2: And yeah, I think it's beautiful. I've, I've always said it and I, I'm blessed. And I've always said that she has been my greatest teacher. She really has. I just have to stand back. Okay. They need to, obviously to have a parent who's going to keep them safe and and everything like that, but not to a point of overprotection. And the one thing that I will say that was the turning point for me in bringing a baby into this world was their best protection is their own self-awareness. For sure. So the more you can build that up in them, again, teaching them to trust in themselves, trust their gut, their resources, what they can rely on.
0: There was something in your bio that touched me and Shanna, and it was about how not preparing your clients for healing is like sending a soldier into battle without any preparation or training?
2: Yeah, so many times you have people who are so vulnerable and they walk through the doors for help. And sometimes the help can end up being a little more harmful or it's too much and they're not ready for what is going to be revealed or what's going to come up, you really need to be able to sit with a person and ask them the basics of, do you know how to ground yourself? Do you know how to self-regulate? Can I teach you some techniques? To me, it's like, it's prevention in that sense that if people do not have resources, the reason why it was trauma in the first place was because they were not resourced to be able to cope with whatever happened, whether because they were too young, because they didn't have the protection, they didn't have the parents, whatever it was. And even if you were older and had traumas, there was something about what happened to you that you could not cope with because you weren't resourced to cope with it. So why would you revisit memories or take them on a pathway, revisiting memories and this isn't just talk therapy, this is, this is body work too. Because even when in my field of sacral therapy, people may not have had picture images and memories, but you could actually end up touching somebody on the arm and they could feel very, very fearful and not know why. And then as a therapist, as a, as a well-trained therapist, you know how to help them come in and out not to go too deep, too fast, so that they overwhelm themselves and re-traumatize themselves again. But when they walk out of your office, you need to know that if something comes up in the next day or two, that they can understand the signs and know how to regulate themselves. And to identify their own resources, because if they've gotten this far, they have used resources, okay? They may have been survival resources, but they have worked for them this far and got them this far. And then it's for it to highlight, can we develop more? Can we remove one or two that are maybe limiting you now, that are holding you back, that are kind of keeping you in this little cage? Can we try new ones? How about this? Or how much fun are you having in your life right now? Because sometimes people can get so caught up in their healing that they're forgetting to live.
1: I find it so amazing that our brains are so wired in a way to protect us, right? Or to, or find another way. My son, who's autistic, he's got a lot of eating issues, but I noticed that he smells his food before he eats it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So there's some disconnection there, but he found a way to process that missing link Mm -hmm. using that as an example of how we do
2: we find these other ways and and sometimes they're negative but they they got you somewhere so they're not that negative do you know what i mean we can lean very heavily into positive and negative but you did what you needed to do at a certain time to get you somewhere you know or to just still be alive I was
1: thinking more like drinking or you know yeah. numbing, numbing yes. pain. Like, i don't want to feel it
2: <laughs> you know part of my work sometimes is if people are open to it is to help them to get to know that Emotions are just emotions, they're messengers. It's like I tell people the story of when when I first moved to America, I thought I was famous. I got so much mail. I got more mail than I've ever gotten in my whole life. And I'm like going, how did they suddenly get my name? <laughs> I know that I live here. And it's like so much junk mail, right? When I describe emotions sometimes to help people think about it, it's sometimes it's like an, an aircraft and there's passengers, right? And we're never going to know all the passengers, nor do we need to know all the passengers' business. But if you are flying that plane, you're flying it from the cockpit, not from a passenger in in, in the back of that plane. So you decide what's relevant to what's not. You get to kick the passengers off, (laughs) you know, you get to choose. And it's just to remember that because if you if you reverse it and you let all the passengers try and fly the plane, you're never going to take off. So the passengers are all these emotions could be 300 different emotions depending on how big the airplane is. But at the end of the day, you're the pilot. You can name them and you acknowledge them and you can tell yourself it's okay for me to feel this. If you want to go deeper with it, then you know over time you'll begin to notice certain ones that hang around that maybe need a little more investigation. But on any given day, even when it comes to thoughts, they've done the research on it like, how many of our thoughts are actually relevant yeah so it's to know that we are so much more than our emotions so much more than our thoughts
0: another thing i keep hearing and correct me if i'm wrong concentrating on the solution and not so much on the problem
2: so i believe our brain is wired the way it is for a very good reason and there are some memories that i really feel we don't have them for a very good reason because it was too horrendous at the time to remember, you know, it just never got lodged into, into the hippocampus, into the memory part of the brain, because it was too, too horrendous. So something short-circuited. Now, when it comes to whether we should go back and dig things up or not, I would say your body is going to guide you. Because if something is constantly coming up for you, and it is really bringing you to your knees, every time you try and succeed and move forward. And it's the same thing. And you're just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And then you go and you talk to somebody or you go somewhere for some help. Then it can be really amazing in the sense that you can finally like integrate it. Because what you're trying to do is complete the cycle so that it didn't just get stuck in hyper arousal, the no deactivation at the end. And that is where you're trying to follow it through with the nervous system so that the nervous system can finally finish the cycle instead of getting constantly stuck. Like we can all get so far, boom, we hit the same thing. We hit it again. There's great validity. And I would say your body is your guide. Your life is your guide, but I wouldn't ever force it. And I wouldn't ever allow anybody to force it on you. So, and I would also say that it is very important again, to know and to put the shovel down when you need to come back and resource yourself even better with even more stuff. Because the more resourced you are, then whatever comes up, you've already got this foundation. Like, oh, no matter what it is, I'm in this good place because I know I've already survived it. So it can't harm me anymore. So there's there's the two sides to it. And when we talk about the inner child work, some of that work is so, so beneficial in the sense that you can get a chance to reparent yourself. If there is something coming up, and again, the same kind of emotions, it's okay to kind of visit younger parts of yourselves. And even if the memory isn't clear, you're coming back to like what you you both spoke about with your children. What did your child need in that moment? You may not need to know the full memory, but what did your child, what did you in that moment need as a child that you didn't get that made this so terrible? And maybe it was a hug. So you, in that moment, when you get that feeling, like this little me waving her hands going, I need some attention, you know, it's like you can actually meet yourself as your adult and give yourself what you need. So many of my clients have found that deeply healing. And that's even without knowing the details. There's that balance of caution and courage. But I'm into advocating for people. If you're not ready for something, you're not ready for it. So you, you, nobody says you have to dig it up. The more resourced you are, sometimes it just comes up naturally and just falls away naturally. But if you try and force it before you're ready, just because, you know, you, you want to move on, you want to, you feel like it's got to be fixed, then I feel like there's a little, little more work in line with like going, we're never going to be perfect. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be work. Again, to slow it down. But some people do not like slow. Slow does not work with some people. And again, it's like that vagus nerve. We're like, we're just gently applying that break um, so that you know that you can apply it when you need it. But if you don't have that break ready and that ball and that, that rock starts rolling, it's like, why would you harm yourself? So it's coming back to what are you resourced for? And sometimes you don't get the choice. Sometimes something comes out of the blue. You could be doing fine for years and just something somewhere along the line. And it can just be one event and then it can just be like this release button. You know, the the movie reels start rolling and you may not get the choice. So on on every level, it's a case of just always working towards that self-care, resourcing yourself. You know, so you have, you have something built already. You have scaffolding on the building. I have had that exact
1: thing happen to me. I didn't even know it. It affected me, and so it wasn't coming up. It wasn't something I was seeking to heal within myself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like a movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw the scene. It was my body. My body experienced a tension within it, and then everything like connected. Once I connected. Oh my gosh, this has affected me, and this is why, and this is what's happening. Mm. I was able just to say, Okay, well, that doesn't exist anymore. So I'm just going to let that go. And really, it was for myself
2: freeing of that, just the awareness, just and I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. And it probably maybe cleared up so many things from the past. We're like, going, oh, I get that now. I get it. Now. Exactly. Yeah, It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, it
1: wasn't something that I, that I seeked to heal within myself. I didn't even mm-hmm. know it was affecting yeah. my life. And like you said, I didn't have
2: to go um, trying to find it. My body eventually told me. Yeah. Well, and part of that is because you're present with your body. Because mm-hmm. people can be feeling things right. and some people just don't connect with their body at all. So the fact that you're very much in touch with that is going to be very helpful for you along the way. Because, you know, there's that congruence coming in and that integration. And the more integrated we are, then obviously it's easier to be regulated, you know. Very much, very much so. Yeah, And, and it's like, and you can feel it. Like, and if that comes back again, you don't necessarily go to fear. Okay, it feels like a tight fist, or does it feel like a swirl? And you know that it can just opened a doorway to healing.
1: Even with this situation with my upper stomach and my mm. throat, mm. now I've learned this new tools to stimulate my vagus nerve. I mean, yeah. sometimes your entire journey can start with the worst pain yeah. that leads you to Mm -hmm. discovering tools that you didn't have prior that maybe even would have prevented this situation I'm having.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But, you know, I'm so grateful to be able to, you know, have learned the few breathing techniques that I have.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That is great. That is great. And, and keep monitoring, you know, and you know, I always say, go to the person who's going to give you the best assessment so that if you really do think there's something going on, it's always worth investigating. You know, it's yeah. always worth it getting that ultrasound or whatever it is you need. We're in a country that thankfully has great healthcare. There's no, there's no harm in just doing that hum, even that little hum sound to stimulate the vagus, vagus nerve in the throat. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing.
0: It's been um, such an amazing, thank you. needed conversation today. Thank you. If yeah. our listeners. like to know more about you and what you're offering right now you
2: can find me at um, www.handsoftimehealing.com and i have just launched a course that i realized that i had to put together for people because i did these health summits and all these wonderful people are all burning out and are stressed to the hilt and i have really no resources as to how to even measure if they're dysregulated and which direction to go on if they are. So this is a very simple course and it's forever on sale. It's called Find Your Feet and Stay On Track. And it takes you through a couple of techniques with the vagus nerve. It takes you through meditation. Um, We talk about the window of tolerance. After that, you can reach out to me, have a 30 minute free consultation anytime. And you can also book me for private sessions if you want to, if you choose. And I teach yoga. So one of my favorite things to do in my pastime is to teach adaptive yoga to the elderly and they love it. They love it. So that's that's me. Um, I'm on Instagram, Rosanne Igniting Paws. So you'll find different bits on that, too. And for you, before we go, Shannon, the with this with regards to the sound is just to place your hand your Like, say, your index finger and your thumb, make a little little diamond shape, Mm -hmm. drop it down. So index fingers are on the pubic bone. Thumbs are just below the belly button and to just make a VOO v o o sound mm. so mm. that your tummy mm. down there can get the used to feeling nice feelings down there, especially if we tend to hold tension there. Mm. So you actually make the sound, but you feel like the sound is coming from your belly. It's just again, slow it down, feel into it, and really just like like you're that ship coming through the fog. Vroom. so it's like teaching your tummy to feel good feelings again and that will reflect back into that side of the nervous system the parasympathetic part of the nervous system good feedback into the brain part three patterning and part of building vehicle tone that muscle thank you well, thank you so much i mm. love that
0: yeah mm. you sound you actually did sound like these boats that used to go yeah. past my house on the puget sound in the fog
2: Oh wow. Oh my goodness. Puget Sound. That's up in Alaska, isn't it? Up up. No, it, well, up, it's in not, Seattle. It's up. Yes. Yes. On the way. On the way. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting to know my geography. <laughs>
0: I used to love when I would watch those big barge ships come by and through the fog and you could hear mm-hmm. that horn, the voom. The, the yeah. voom. Yeah. Yeah. I- And now it's time for break that shit down.
2: Keep inviting yourself back to yourself. Keep inviting yourself back to yourself. Keep coming home. Keep coming home. That's it.
1: Oh, absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. You've been such a pleasure. Thank you for thank sharing you for having your wisdom. me. I've had so much yeah.
2: fun and complete strangers, but there you go. You know, yeah, we could probably talk for the rest of the day. I've thoroughly enjoyed this and wonderful people. I'm so glad that I actually got to meet you both. And thank you for sharing as well your stories. Same. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, Mandy. And thank you, Shauna. Okay. And love to your families too. Take care.